Welcome to the Mind Your Body podcast, episode number 10. This is your host, Jacob Andre, and today I'm talking to guest blogger, Sam Todd. So if you want to know more about BMI, stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jacob Andre, and for over a decade, I've trained everyone from children to elite athletes to move better, feel better, and perform better. While a thorough understanding of fitness and nutrition is vital, underpinning that is mindset. And I've come to discover just how important it is. I've worked with literally thousands of people, and more often than not, it's the ones who win the mind game who succeed in the big game. So, how do they do it? This is the Mind Your Body Podcast. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Podcast. My name is Jacob Andre, and today I'm talking to the author of this week's blog, Sam Todd. Sam, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, Jacob. How are you going? Good, thank you. So you wrote about BMI this week. What is BMI? Yeah, so BMI is a body measurement that helps us determine uh, whether somebody is uh, a healthy weight all the way through the morbidly obese. Um, you get it by dividing uh, your body mass by your height squared, and it's expressed in units of kilograms by meter squared. Yeah, and so and there's a nice little table that goes with this, which we've got on the website underneath this blog, uh, and it tells you whether you are underweight, healthy weight, overweight, and then the three kind of dangerous ones, obese, severely obese, and morbidly obese. I remember I did this uh, just recently, actually, when I was spending a lot more time on other areas of my life beyond my own health and fitness, and I was at the high end of the healthy weight category, and it kind of actually scared me, which for me... It was 24.0, and the healthy weight category swaps over at 24.9. So at 25.0, you become what's considered overweight. What's your take on BMI? Yeah, so especially um, in the blog, I go on about how BMI isn't always the best indicator for healthy weight. Um, Even I can take myself as an example. I'm a personal trainer. I work out, I eat healthy, I've got two beautiful kids, and my BMI, I am about 34, which puts me at the high end of the obese chart, which takes a lot of people by surprise when I tell them that. Um, So, yeah, I've just written this blog just to kind of highlight that sometimes you can have a very healthy person who's got a lot of muscle, and that could make them obese just because they're a little bit heavier. Um, but you can also have smaller people that live unhealthy lifestyles, and although their BMI says that they're healthy, they aren't really when you think about their lifestyle. Yeah, because when you're looking at BMI, really all you're looking at is the weight of that person in kilograms compared to their height. So it's quite easy, isn't it, to get someone who is shorter and stockier who has a higher BMI than someone, say, for example, who might be really tall and skinny and not much muscle on them who might have a low BMI. Yeah, that's right. So um, in the blog I go on about a footballer. Um, We know footballers can be quite tall. Um, but they can also be about 100 kilos, which can make them come up as obese in the BMI. Um, but then the other example I have is maybe a local grocer likes to sneak lollies behind the counter. Um, his BMI might come up as healthy, but we do notice that he's got a bit of a belly. Um, and we all know that when we're unhealthy, the fat goes to our belly. And that's that's really when our body's telling us that we need to live a healthier lifestyle. So really, BMI, is it is it a good measure? Um, so it, 
I mean, it, it's obviously been used for a long time. It's been used since the 70s, um, and a lot of people still use it because there's not a lot out there that, you know, medical professionals can use otherwise. Um, I'd say it's probably accurate for about 60% of the population, but a better one that we can look at today is called the waist-to-hip ratio. Mm, yeah, I remember learning about the waist-to-hip ratio uh, when I was at university, and it seems to be probably one of the best ones. And so just explain quickly what the waist-to-hip ratio actually is. Yeah, so what we do, it's, um, it's obviously a ratio, and you divide the, the waist measurement by the hip measurement. Um, so you obviously get a, a number that's probably somewhere between uh, 0.7 and 0.9, probably even higher if you're really at risk of obesity. Yeah, and on the uh, graph which we've got on the website, um, for males, the average category um, waist-hip ratio is 0.9 to 0.95 uh, for men, and for females, it's 0.8 to 0.86. And I remember... Uh, learning that there's a lot of actually research out there that um, supports that if you are at the a, at risk category in your waist to hip ratio, then there is a whole range of other lifestyle diseases which you are prone to. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we're not just talking about obesity; we're talking about heart disease as well, uh, diabetes, and yeah, just a couple of those other nasties that come along with being unhealthy. So what's the best way if you are going to be taking some measures at the beginning of, say, an exercise program for the next 10 weeks, what do you suggest? Do you suggest doing a whole range? And if so, which measures would you suggest? Um, So what I suggest doing is uh, obviously taking your weight and maybe even calculating your BMI just because it's a measure. So, you know, it's always good to come back to, but also take that hip to ratio, uh, waist to hip ratio and, um, Take your other body measurements too. So we're talking about your chest, your hips, uh, just around your navel even, um, your biceps, your thighs, all those areas, and definitely take your before and after photos so that you can see the changes that you go through because it's not always in the tape measure. Sometimes it's just about how well you feel in your clothes. Yeah, that's a really good point is those photos. You can see a massive difference. Um, The before and after photos are one of the best. And the thing I like as well is just the perception, like how you feel um, you know, on a daily basis when you first start a program to how you feel on a daily basis when you finish a program. But before we wrap up, what is your take on just taking weight? Um, yeah, don't do it. Um, so we're just saying, you know, go out there, take your weight if you want to, but don't become obsessed with it. I'm sure it's it's always nice to say, hey, I lost five kilos in the last five weeks, but you, you really just need to look at all those other measures as well because if you're relying just on the scales, sometimes other things change and if you're focused on that scale number, you're not going to notice those other positive changes that are going on in your body and mind. Sam, I want to thank you for joining me on the Mind Your Body podcast this week and for writing this week's blog. Thank you very much. No worries, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Are you frustrated that no matter how much you try, no matter how good you plan to eat, No matter how much you intend to exercise, you just can't seem to stay on track with your health and fitness goals? Do you feel like your best of intentions to have more energy and feel better about yourself results in having even less energy and feeling down? What if there was something you were missing? What if eating healthy was actually enjoyable? What if you looked forward to exercise? What if moving more could actually be really easy? 
I've put together a free ebook just for you, detailing the strategies for having more energy and feeling better about yourself. And I want to give it to you absolutely free. To get instant access absolutely free, simply visit jacobandre.com. That's J-A-C-O-B-A-N-D-R-E-A-E.com.